All right, we are live. Welcome to another episode of Roasting Marshmallows. My name is Rolf Suit and I'm your host. So ask someone what their marketing is and they will often tell you, hey, it's all about advertisements and catchy slogans. And uh, maybe they even continue to describe a scene from, uh, from Mad Men, uh, the Netflix hit series. Uh, the truth is, though, the Internet has changed how people look at the impact of interruption type marketing, like, for example, advertisements or, you know, getting a, a phone call from a salesman. Uh, when we receive anything that looks plain old traditional marketing, uh, we throw it out before we even read it. And, uh, you know, I have to admit this goes for me as well. Uh, I've installed an ad blocker on my computer and I have a sticker on my mailbox that lets the mailman know to not put in any flyers. Uh, I even avoid watching movies on the public channels because I just, yeah, don't like to be interrupted by uh, commercials. So how should you do your marketing in today's world? Um, luckily for us, we are roasting some marshmallows with Ruth Platter, CEO and founder at Radio Path, digital marketing mastery for the fast-moving global tech and telco industries. Uh, Ruth has played a fundamental role in helping small to medium-sized businesses with a focus on the tech space, revolutionize their brand and marketing activities, scale sales teams, increase customer acquisition and loyalty, and prepare for growth. She's helping propel small to mid-sized enterprise, but also startups to their next commercial level. Welcome, Ruth. Hi, nice to be here. Hey, did I pronounce your last name correctly? You did, Plater. That's great. All right, nice. Sometimes platter, right? But <laughs> but you did it well, uh, don't worry. Then I then I assumed there would be two T's in there, so... Uh... <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you would be correct, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, not everyone knows that, right? So you did well. You get extra points for that. All right, nice. That's cool. <laughs> Um, and of course, I'm not here alone with Ruth. Uh, I'm uh, joined today by uh, regulars on the show, Sylvester and Panche. So, uh, Sylvester, I guess I'll start with you. How are you doing? Pretty great, actually. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to learning all about marketing, although I've learned a lot yesterday as well in a webinar from uh, Radial Path. Uh, but mm -hmm. I think we've got some great topics. And uh, I think it's going to be a nice follow-up to the stories we heard about uh, startups and that they need to focus on marketing. And this time we actually get to hear what marketing actually is all about. So, yeah. yeah, cool. All right. And of course, Panche Gastiovsky. Hello. All the way from Macedonia still on vacation or well, not vacation, but uh, <laughs> combined yeah. a bit, I guess. Sort of vacation. Yeah, that's I'm still yeah. in flying uh, back tomorrow into the Netherlands. And um, this is not one of our standard topics that we cover here on the Roasting Marshmallows. So it's uh, quite interesting to have a bit of a more diverse uh, audience with a diverse background. So um Curious. Yeah. Why and, and why do you think it's not a, a, a general topic for us then? Because, I mean, marketing in a company is uh, always an important topic, right? Well, maybe you can also, I can also ask that question. Why is it not a general topic for us? Because we don't really discuss it, at least not on the podcast uh, that yeah. often. So most of mm. the topics that we cover here are either technical, process-driven, people-driven. Yeah. Uh, but I suppose also the same trend would apply for doing proper marketing should also be people driven and pro product driven as well. So uh, we haven't kind of gone yet fully for so full circle, probably on not enough uh, in that sense. All right. Uh, podcast. So um, I'm kind of uh, curious, uh, okay, which areas are we going to discover today, today uh, with uh, Ruth? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm uh, I'm really curious as well. So, Ruth, maybe you could uh, could give us a small introduction about what it is that 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 you yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I think you know, um, just to pick up on what you said there, because it it is important for for any business, um, especially a startup uh, as well. And 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 it should be people focused, right? I mean, marketing. You know, the core of marketing um, is 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 empathy, putting yourself in the shoes of the people that you want to do business with right and and actually quite often that gets forgotten um and you know it's it's likely not a topic that comes up often for people outside of marketing mm -hmm. um and that's because i think you know i think a lot of people can do a bit of marketing and you know most people will turn their hand to it and give it a go right i mean everyone can do social media pretty much um not at an advanced and specialist level but you can at least set up your own profiles and um, get going with things so there's there's very basic things that can be done um yeah. but beyond that it can get quite complicated um and and rolf you mentioned you know that it's hard i mean you kind of described yourself there as a typical consumer right it's yeah. it's it's known by marketers everywhere now that it's 
it's much harder now to to get the attention of of any kind of consumer, whether it's B two C or or B two B. We have so much information and and stuff thrown at us every day. It's yeah. it becomes a bit overwhelming. So we get this kind of you know situation where we've got digital overwhelm as individuals. Um, you know, we're getting marketed at as business professionals. We're getting marketed as our personal persona, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, you know, based on tracking of websites that we visit and things that we view and d- download and all that kind of thing. And so as as marketers now and what Radio Path focuses on is really trying to find, trying to simplify that complex landscape for marketers now, especially in the yep. digital sphere. And really, if you're not doing digital, you're not doing marketing these days, right? Because, you know, direct mail, <laughs> the days of direct mail, yeah. And, um, you know, outdoor media where you post things, um, you know, unless you're a massive brand, um, you're not really doing it. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's simplifying that digital landscape for marketers. You know, um, we work in tech and we talk about digital transformation all day long with our clients and yeah. the solutions that they provide. Um, but it applies to marketing and sales as well and, and transforming marketing and, it- and sales. Is it consumer focused or are you more focused on marketing towards other businesses and B2B stuff? So at Radio Path, we're, we're more B2B. Um, right. It's tech solutions. So it's a complicated message. It's usually um, technical audiences or people who are involved, um, you know, in product around those solutions um, or, or selling those. It's a, it's a technical sale as well. They're selling those solutions. Mm-hmm. So, um, so really for us, it's it's keeping on top of the terminology in the industry, the, the types of messaging and language to use and understanding but, that as and, well and, as, and, um, sorry. Oh yeah, sorry. I, I was just wondering, like, do the same uh, uh, challenges apply? Like for example, I describe myself like, yeah, I don't want to be bothered with commercial yeah. and, and all this stuff. Um, is, is it the same challenges for, for B2B? Because I guess businesses yeah. have, have a bit of a different, oh, okay. It's still so it's the same. It, uh, it is in a different, it, it's the same, but in a different um in a different way right it's different channels um that it's different types of approaches and tactics that that Mm. are going to be used um but we're still shutting down as individuals to all kinds of messaging coming our way so if you if you have the same message or it's Mm -hmm. you know as your competitor if you don't differentiate very well and that's basic marketing right if you don't differentiate from the competition um and have a solid brand both visually and in the, the story that you sell um, you're going to struggle anyway, even with traditional, more traditional marketing methods. Um, but particularly now, you know, you really need to stand out. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to have, you know, something like compare the meerkat um, and some crazy kind of marketing that consumers have. Although I think we can learn a lot from B2C marketing <laughs> in that sense. Um, yeah. It just means that you need to tell a, a good, authentic story and present that visually in a nice way that quickly and efficiently grabs the attention of who you're trying to get in front of um, and you can do that on digital channels for b2b um you know and there's i see a lot of very corporate very boring very blue um branding and, and marketing <laughs> right because it's safe and i think people when it's b2b and it's corporate people do tend to go a bit safer um but i i would always encourage people to to try and go a little bit more dangerous on, on the yeah, stuff, so, because it will have the better impact, right? So this was quite an interesting. I mean, a few things of what you were just mentioning is it feels as if B2C is sort of the more innovative appeals mm-hmm. for uh, marketing trials and errors, because I guess you're more broadcasting. Maybe the, 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 the amount of audience is bigger, uh, essentially, that you're reaching than in a B2B. But it wouldn't essentially mm-hmm. exactly the same mechanisms work, because... Essentially, you're selling not to companies, you're selling to people, even in B2B, the domain. Yeah. I, so some of the channels will work in a similar way. Um, but for example, you know, if you're, if you're a B2C clothing brand and you have a very specific type of, um, type of buyer, maybe it's kind of like very on-trend but very affordable clothing – then one of the tactics that you're probably going to use is finding influencers on Instagram to promote your brand, right? Probably not going to do that in B2B. Um, But that's not to say you couldn't do it 
in a sort of PR sense, right? So the equivalent to that is reaching out to media and analysts and getting people to do podcasts like this and, and, and videos <laughs> and things like that. So it's just it's just knowing your audience and and also what's appropriate for what you're promoting um, and the, and then selecting the channels and how you get the message out in that way. But yeah, I mean, we're all using LinkedIn on business um, in business um, terms, you know, probably less technical people than than commercial people. But it's still the biggest database for B2B, you know, globally. Um, Twitter and Facebook and all those other ones are also being used for B2B and, and Facebook and Instagram are um, particularly uh, reasonable on, on pricing. Um, so they're good for retargeting and things like that. So you can use similar channels just with a different purpose. Um, and different tactics. Okay, so, mm -hmm. so let's say I'm, I'm using not myself as an example here, <clears throat> but let's say you're a small <laughs> company, right? And you've heard about this thing called marketing. Mm -hmm. What's the first thing you would recommend them to do? Other from calling radio part, of course, right? But let's assume I mm -hmm. want to do something myself. What's the yep. first thing you would recommend? So if you're if you're starting from scratch, I would take a, an honest look at your website, at your story. And that's always a good place to start and also your audience, right? So really every every time I sit down and do marketing, it's looking at the, the foundations of that, right? Because if they're a bit shaky, everything else is going to be a bit a bit more difficult. So if your if your story isn't quite nailed down yet, if you're not hundred percent sure of your audience, and that might be that you have a, a good idea, but you also want to test out some stuff, that's fine. Um, but you should at least have like you know, the, the basic knowledge of who your audience is. Um, and then it would be empathizing. I always keep telling people, empathize, empathize, right? Make sure that you think about the day-to-day -day challenges that those target personas have, not the companies, because quite often in B2B, people think about the companies and the company challenges, but you're talking to individuals at the end of the day. So, you know, what are they, what are their biggest challenges day-to-day? how do you, how does your value proposition how do you, what you provide as a solution how does that help them get over those challenges and really that's your that's your why like why do you exist um and you can kind of summarize that as you know what is it you do why do you exist and who should care right they're the three basic things um that you should really cover off and if you can't answer those questions the rest of it's going to be really painful so that's what i would start with and the website right the website is your it's your shop window if it looks and feels good and it doesn't have to be a very expensive big corporate website but it should have your story and it should have something professional looking right um and you should start looking at how you set that up to generate leads really because if you want to start filling a pipeline of business you need to have these kind of different channels for leads and a lot of it you know most paths come back to your website or some landing pages that connect to your website so we want to make sure that that's that's kind of all um there's a good user journey in there and there's a good then it's got a good conversion um design in there so it's, things are going to convert well once people are on the website because i you know the problem with having a website that's not quite where it should be or it doesn't convert very well because it's a bit of a clunky journey for someone if you then go and pay for lots of advertising online and then people are landing on your website or you do organic lots of investment and time and effort into blogs and content like this and um, SEO and driving all that traffic to your website. You know, it's a bit like opening a restaurant and the service being terrible. You've got you've spent all that time, you know, it's like you've spent all that time getting people there and then they just leave because they can't find what they're looking for. And people right. are so impatient. I mean, I'm, you know, you, you have seconds really to grab them, pull them in and hopefully get them to stay on the site long, long enough to then click a button and say, I would like to download something or, um, you know, the golden, the golden goose on that one is getting them to book a meeting. So, yeah. um, so that, those are the foundations and then everything else after that is, um, what compli the, the, the complicated the, bit. The, 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 well, the complicated bit, because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a marketeer, right? So, uh, it's, uh, for me, it's, it's already a bit hard to really describe, for example, um, like if you're a service oriented business, for example, yeah. like to describe what, what it is that, that, that you're selling, what, what is your story? Because like, if you're producing some, some, some physical item, then I can at least exactly describe it, what it is and, and, and what it could do for you. Yeah. 
But if you have services and you say like, well, you know, we help companies excel, for example, I don't know, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's a bit of a weak, uh, of course, uh, yeah. uh, a proposition. Yep. Uh, so for me, that would already be like the hard part right from the get go. So if you don't have the luxury of hiring great copywriters, like this is what I'm hearing from you, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't have the luxury of hiring copywriters um, or it's a second language and you just can't quite grasp the language to articulate what you want to say, the the best thing I the best advice I always give is try and simplify it and try not to try not to be too clever. Um, you know, what is your personality? Who is your who is the company? What's the culture of the company? And I think you guys get it really well with roasting marshmallows, right? That's actually kind of core at the culture of what you guys do, and it's very authentic. It's very genuine. Um, you know, that's the stuff that people really enjoy because they don't feel like they're being tricked into something or fed yeah. some marketing fluff. And, you know, you can use all sorts of um, words to describe what you do. Um, we we make businesses excel and whatever, you know, it's more like supercharge this. And, yeah. you know, it's it's been done to death and people read yeah. it all over the place. <laughs> and it's just it's kind of just like nonsense language that is used to fill and try and professionalize i think language mm -hmm. um and we've done it you know we've done it at radio path when we first started and we weren't really sure who we were or what we were good at and you know as you grow as a business you start to understand your strengths and weaknesses a lot more um you start to the, the company itself starts to get a personality based on the culture which is usually you know, based on something that's come down from the, the founder and then filtered down through everyone else. And, you know, you start to get a feel for what that is. And I think mm. that if you can start to shape that into the language somehow and just be honest about what you do and, and what problems you solve, that's a very right. good starting point. And actually, I think I think people appreciate just that basic, like, honesty, right? <laughs> just, oh, yeah. This is what yeah. we do. These are the problems we solve. Should we have yeah. a chat? Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think, you know, more often than not, I just see people going, oh, God, I, I can't do marketing and I definitely can't write. Like writing is such a an emotional thing for people when they feel that they've got to tackle something writing. It can get people quite wound up. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm actually not a natural writer. It's just I've done marketing for so many years now that I've become I've taught myself how to be a writer right. without being having a natural ability in it. But that's, you know, that's because it's what I do. But for everyone else, it's really hard. And it's, you know, I, I just think if you get the basics down, it's so much easier. Um, okay. And then if you want to get a nice, someone who's really brilliant at copywriting to, to really make that, you know, stand out, then, then brilliant. So um, yeah. to, to kind of iterate on this idea, because you started uh, discussing, let's say, um, can we use the a startup as an, uh, as an example, maybe for yeah. to amplify this? Mm -hmm. and, and startups are generally general, let's say in our domain, in the domain <laughs> where you operate in the tech and telco industries are driven by tech people who are mostly focused on product development. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you pr prioritize at which point do you um, start involving mar marketing and uh, where, how do you define, uh, yeah. where do you put your resources into? Uh, because we, we have examples of cases where people have been over engineering a product for, for a very, very long time. And then, yeah maybe the sweet spot for when pro that product was supposed to be launched or put in the market is passed or sometimes maybe too early. And we also have examples, uh, extreme examples where there was marketing, uh, borderline scheming being done uh, while there was no actual product in place. <laughs> so now those, yep. those are both really sort of extremes that I'm using, but it's the, the, the Narnia sort of world right. at that point. But it's, it's difficult to pinpoint <laughs> like how much product development should go in and yep. how much marketing is what, is there some, uh, I don't know, yeah. go-to like... Um, some secret formula. <laughs> right. Like how would you approach that? How would you define that the path? It's really hard. And I think, I don't think there is a secret formula. I think it's, um, I know what you mean. You've got this like roadmap, product roadmaps, right? And they, and they, I don't know what you, you guys have more experience with product yeah. roadmaps. When is it good enough, right? Yeah, right. And in my experience, product roadmaps are great at the beginning. And it's like any project plan, you know, two months in, people are like, there's no way we're going to hit this timeline, you know. And that is that is difficult as a business to juggle because you've probably got running alongside each other, like the product roadmap and what's being developed. And then we need a sales and marketing plan that needs to start ramping up so that once it's ready, we've got 
some you know sales opportunities and people who are interested um and i i, I find in in tech solutions um during that product development stage the, there is like a, a point at which you've got like an mvp that you can go out with you can even start doing cool initiatives with partners or beta testers um, prior to actually being ready and that's kind of a soft landing right you can kind of get away with things not being quite right because you've put that label on of like we're not quite ready yet do you want to come and try it out um please forgive us if things are a bit crap on the left over here because um you know this is not our final product so it kind of gives you that a little bit of forgiveness right um, but also great feedback if you can start getting those testers on board. You've got partners who are starting to see how they can build their go-to markets with anything integrated. If you if you are if you have strategic partners, and and actually the marketing you can do through strategic partnerships like that is usually quite vast as well. So I would, and in tech, it's always a, an important side to marketing having those partnerships yeah. because you can do press releases and lots of joint promotion. You can do lots of content together, um, amplify each other's marketing, um, especially if you've got a, a partner who's much bigger than you. <laughs> like if you manage to, as a small startup tech tech company, if you manage to do some kind of partnership agreement with a big a big tech company and they're going to push that out and promote it, then that's like gold, you know. Yeah. yeah. So these are all the things that you can do prior to launch um, or just at the ver- on the verge of launch. Um, and then, you know, again, I don't think it's, it is that thing of like launching tech, getting the feedback and having that constant reiteration of, of things and building on features, but then also using that as a product roadmap for, for marketing in terms of what's coming next. What's the next feature that's going to be built out? Did we listen to the community? Yes, we did listen to you. And this is what we're doing next. And and keeping people updated on that. And most people are quite tech. Is, tech is that also uh, yeah? Is that is that also a, a marketing thing though? Like, okay, we've launched the product and we're collecting all these metrics. Uh, you know, maybe yeah. we're uh, collecting feedback, and we need to crunch all these numbers to come up with a plan for the future. Like, it's almost you know some data analytics uh, from yeah. the, from the sound of it and uh, i mean that sounds pretty dusty and boring because marketing you know about flashy cool ads and stuff but i guess you know yeah. you have to have some 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 statistical uh, an, an analysis yeah. as well Mar- marketing's become really geeky in the sense that it's like it's data and art it's it's science and art now um, yeah. which is you know they're quite often conflicting and that's why i think a lot of a lot of marketing directors, even as well as, you know, um, startup founders and things are just so intimidated by this new way of doing things a lot of the time because they've got they've got to they've got to grapple with digital marketing and all the different ways that you have to do that now to personalize instead of just blanket marketing. You yeah. know, you can't batch and blast anymore because no one will pay attention. So you've got to get really granular on your messaging, really granular on your channels. You've got to kind of target people at different points in their journey and then retarget them. And this is the way you convert. And then you've got to worry about all the data that you accumulate as part of that, either your analytics um, across all these different platforms that you have to consolidate or in a CRM that you've also got to set up in a way that is managing and handling leads and data in the way that you want it to be managed that's GDR, GDR, GDPR compliant. <laughs> You know, it's so yeah. much. Um, but that data, um, especially with a tech, like a SaaS or something, mm-hmm. one of the other areas that gets neglected quite a lot um, with startups is the onboarding process, right? Because they give it and they've got the freemium model, you know, try it for free. Hopefully you then upsell them and they get a subscription. Um, yeah. and, and actually what happens if, if there's not a good onboarding and after sales process um, is that they just they just fall fall off, and investors in particular don't want to just see that you've got you know thousands of free users on the platform. They want to see active users. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know having having an onboarding process that sort of goes, have you tried this? Or we've noticed that you've not activated this part of your account yet, or whatever it is, um, is really critical. And there's some really cool tools for doing that. Um, you know, and I think a lot of a lot of software companies will build those in anyway. But there's actually some off-the-shelf ones that you can use. Um, okay. in, Intercom are great, for example. Um, I think they're one of the more expensive ones, but they do um, chatbots. But they also do onboarding um, abilities where you don't have to get if you're just like a lone marketing person, 
and and you don't want to have to bother the people building the product you can it's just like a browser overlay that you can connect in with with the tech um and set up some onboarding journeys for different personas so you know, those kinds of tools are available mm. just in the market uh, at the moment. And we've tried in the com, we tried to HubSpot, we tried them all, right? But I think what we yeah, did right. was kind of like pick a tool <laughs> and try to implement it and help it, well, hope it helps us uh, track more leads. Yeah. Uh, but I think what you're saying is that there's more to it. You need to do the whole thing in order to make it happen. You need to track people, you need to retarget. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think loads of people set up HubSpot and things like that as well, and then they just don't know what to do with it, um, or they don't have the time, right? It's not even that they couldn't do it. It's just that they don't have the time to sit and focus on it um, because they take a little bit of a bit of learning and things as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's lots of tutorials and things for these these platforms. Um, well, it's essentially if you know what to look for, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and if it's something that you're interested in doing. Yeah, of course. Well, because of one course. of the things that we often hear um, in uh, clients that we talk to is that often there is sort of a dispute or not communication or a, or a rival, even rivalry going between on their tech teams, IT people and mm. uh, sales slash marketing teams. Yep. Uh, where does That's that come common. from? <laughs> There's also conflict between sales and marketing. It's just everyone fighting. Right. So, okay, maybe we can, maybe you can you can help us clarify, like, like, because I mean, like, people, I think people develop product, and the product is useless yeah. if it doesn't if it if it doesn't sell. And from yeah. my perspective, my experience, maybe you have a different experience. I hope you do have mm. a different experience. But yeah. doing sales is like the most difficult thing to do. Like, sales is really, 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 yeah. really difficult. Difficult, and then to do successful sale. I mean, like mm -hmm. you have to do so much stuff, and then I think, and either IT people or or developers maybe don't see or don't appreciate that form, yeah. or maybe they see this genuine, or maybe salespeople do all kinds of crazy promises out in the world that then all fall well, that, the back of the IT people. And that's yeah, like, that's that definitely fiction. doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Do you know what I think it is? Right, I think it comes down to like, I think it's it's sort of different people and stereotypes of different people that seems to be globally adopted right and i think sales people are stereotyped as you know they go out and they get drunk with clients and they smoke loads of cigarettes and they do all the deals and you know they don't exactly. care about the product really they're just all about money and their commission and you know, all this kind of thing you know what does it always be closing always true. be closing <laughs> um and and you know that's some of some of it's true, um, depending on which salesperson you're talking to. But it is really, I mean, selling technical solutions, you know, you can't, it's not transactional, right? It's usually very consultative. They're very, yeah. they're usually the good salespeople in, in our, in our tech space, in our space and technology, um, you know, the good ones, they go out and they accumulate knowledge about what they're selling so that they get more respect from the technical people. And they're usually selling to technical people as well. And I think as well, from the the technical person point of view, they get stereotyped as, you know, introverts sitting in a yeah. dark room coding, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of like polar opposites, right? You've got the in, the extrovert salesperson, like giving it all this. And then you've got the introvert tech person who just likes to code and hug their computer. So it's, um, I think it stems from that. And then marketing are just sort of caught in the middle somewhere and they just get blamed for the salespeople not hitting their target because their their leads were crap, right? That's it's the easiest excuse for salespeople <laughs> is to blame marketing. So marketing and sales are quite often in that sort of um blame game with each other. Um I think good organizations though really sort of work to align sales and marketing. Um there's usually someone in, I would say the best way to manage that actually, and this is probably at bigger companies once you start to get a marketing department and a sales department, but having having someone in the middle of that, the glue really, that's gathering requests from salespeople because salespeople constantly have requests. I need this one page or I need this product guide. The website's rubbish. You know, hmm. like I need this kind of slide deck. I need these templates. My This one prospect over here who nobody knows whether it's a good prospect or not has asked me to build out a whole library of content that they need to hand out to their board or whatever so gathering all those requests um throughout the organization i think is the easiest way if you've got someone who's like the custodian of that 
who can gather all the, the requests for all this content and all this these campaigns and then see who is actually asking for the most things and start there like sometimes it's as simple as that like we're getting most of our requests are for a slide deck about the company the next lot of people are asking for one pages on these specific products as a priority and then you can start just kind of chipping through that as a marketing person or a marketing department um and then the the alignment with tech like it's really important as well that you get the feedback right. from sales as a marketing person because they're speaking to the customers and they they know, they start to without realizing it sales people start to adjust their own language and phrases and terminology based on the reactions they get face to face with people or on a phone call and and what resonates the most so mm -hmm. if you can capture that somehow as a marketing person then that's gold as well and equally the sales people will be and should be speaking to the tech team because they need to understand the products and the product people are essential to that in terms of giving marketing people and sales people all the well probably marketing people all the information about a product that they need um so that they can then extract what they what they need but if they just have little bits and we all i always see this trying to get the information about the product what it does what the features are what the benefits are that for some reason just always seems a bit painful um right. with tech solutions brilliant. So here's yeah, a radical really idea. <laughs> or shall I say it or will you say it? Yeah, no, no, go, go, go. <laughs> okay, what if we no longer have sales departments or marketing departments mm -hmm. or dev departments? We have teams, uh -huh. uh, product teams, which are yeah. which within the team you have the development people, you have the product owners, you have the market, you have marketing person, you have a salesperson, and they they have no other option but to work with one another to make that product a success. Mm -hmm. um, I'm totally up for that. That's kind of how we work at Radio Path, if I'm honest. And then we Tell just build out another team. <laughs> 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 um, we have so so we have our specialist technical people. And we're all in like one office space, and we're, it's very flat hierarchy. Um, that's why I look like a teenager, not a boss. And it's. Um, <laughs> And it's um, you know, and we and we work together, and the salesperson is is very close to everybody in the business, and understands everything that's going on. He, here's everything that's going on. Here's the challenges we have. Um, you know, it's it just I, I agree with that completely. Um, and and what you could do instead of scaling out departments per se in the traditional sense of sales, marketing, tech. You know, you could then just replicate those teams. I'm not sure from a, a, a product perspective, though, and you can probably answer that more than I can. If that then translates very well into like a software team with all the the, the different people in a software team, you know, your scrum master and things like that, and project manager. If, if that needs to be a unit in itself, but maybe they just get assigned, you know, a sales guy and a marketing person, and you know, that's how how that works. We're still thinking about that one. We don't know the answer either. <laughs> well, but the fact that people should work together, yeah. Yeah, it's just a different structure, right? Um, and I think at some point you need departments for accountability and people to manage, you know, different you levels need, of experience. And you need departments? Whether there's a, yeah, maybe not departments so much, but groups, teams. <laughs> teams, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And hold the team accountable for their results, right? Whether it's sales or marketing, whatever, the team needs to work yeah. together to make it happen. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a big fan of um, accountability through your peers, right? And, yes. and you know, the, I think there's nothing more impactful than someone saying that they're disappointed in you. <laughs> it's very parental. Um, won't you, maybe, if you, if you, if you were to include, fish. oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, go on. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering, like, if you were to include like the marketeers, for example, on the teams, won't you get like huge discussions about like, ah, uh, you know, this UI needs to look better, you know, you, yeah, just, yeah, just endless possibly. discussion. You might get some of that, but I think some of that could be valuable as well in the products because, um, you know, marketing people, they tend to be quite creative or the, yeah. they they have that empathetic side and um that could, i mean i guess the product person is that the person who needs to validate a solution in the market and make sure yeah. that like user experience and things like that is is all up to scratch um but having marketing's input on that is not 
it's not always a bad idea, especially if they've then got to set up the front end campaigns that have to feed yep. into that. It all needs to be consistent and make sense to the end user. And so why stop at the front end of the product, right? Why not, why not continue yep. into the full branding experience that that customer has? Yeah, and the other thing can also be said, of course, right? If you're saying, well, there's going to be discussion with marketing, of course. But if you don't have the people next to you, then you're going to have the discussion at a later time, right? As soon as you try to launch yeah. the product, then marketing will still have the discussion. But Yeah, it's just barriers. Or people don't bother. That's, yeah. you know, especially especially with, I know it's not startups, but big, like, global corporates when they're in different time zones and language barriers and, you know, the, the teams are kind of... Um, distributed you know sometimes people just don't bother to have that call and they just make those call those yeah. decisions themselves and they're not necessarily the right ones oh yeah <clears throat> and uh, i was wondering right um because we've been talking about tech companies and marketing and all this stuff but did you mm -hmm. ever have a, a client approach you with with a with a product that you thought like you know this is unmarketable this is just yeah. horrible <laughs> What, what what do you do in that um, case? When you just tell happen? them like no, go go look it's, for someone else. <laughs> it's very hard. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I think there's it's it's just having an honest conversation, and I think it's it's not that product. It's do you know what? It's not that products haven't been. It's not that products that. Let me find the right words. Yeah, it's not that they've been unmarketable. It's just that mm -hmm. in their current state, they perhaps weren't ready to be marketed. Um, oh, that's political. Yeah, I'm very diplomatic, but it's um, it's true. I'm because I, I think you can you can package most things. There might not be as high demand for something mm -hmm. as the next product, but um, you know, if people have got so far, and there is some form of the business that's making revenue, then it's. It's not that bad, right? But if they're trying to get to the next level of something or they're trying to achieve the next round of investment or whatever, and there's some fundamental issues or we're just finding that the way that it's messaged or positioned is just completely wrong, yeah. um, then we've we've definitely had those honest conversations. Whether people want to hear it or not is another thing because it you know it's people's babies, right? You're calling people's yeah. babies ugly sometimes, and that's that doesn't go down well um, always. So finding the right way to be that honest is quite is quite tricky. But I don't think that's a challenge just for an agency. I think that's a challenge internally, and yeah. probably why marketing people fall out with tech departments. Probably another reason <laughs> why salespeople yeah. fall out with tech departments because the sales guy doesn't care what people think of him. They're very loan shark types of people just bulls in and goes like the product shit, you know, and um, this, this feature isn't working properly. And my, my client said that it's rubbish and that the competitor over here has a much better feature. You know, yeah. it's not particularly a great way of communicating with a team that's probably been working extremely hard on pushing out a product, um, you know, and not really having that compassion um, between yeah. teams. So I think it's a, it's, it's a, a difficult conversation for, agencies like us with clients but it's also a difficult conversation internally definitely yeah. i would say and we've been we've been talking about sales and marketing for for, for quite some time now um mm. but to me they always seem like the same department right and uh but of course you know selling something versus promoting something is is obviously very different but do you sometimes get lumped into like one or the other corner it's the same um and actually i wish people would have your opinion on that um a lot more it's i think people and even people who say that they agree with that you know they're still working within those silo departments of sales and marketing M marketing the the sole purpose of marketing is to make sales easier right that's it so they are Oof. the same the, the two sides of the same coin um and marketing as well especially now it's not you know you mentioned mad men at the beginning you know it's yeah. marketing's not like that anymore you know, Mad Men in in those days was was let's do a really creative, very clever visual uh, advertising campaign and put mm -hmm. it on billboards, right? And they would take uh, it was great actually for agencies. They would take a commission of the sales that were made by that company, and it was quite simple in that in that way. Um, but now, what's expected of a marketing department is to almost have the sale teed up to just yep. close, and the, and that's what the salespeople expect. They're like. You know, I'm and and rightly so because they're they're consultant salespeople. It's not transactional stuff usually, 
uh, in tech. Um, they're very expensive usually as, as resources as well. So you don't want them spending lots of time chasing after dead ends and leads that aren't the right leads and, right. you know, wading through data to try and find that stuff. And they're not going to do it, right? They're, they're not the kind of people, they're not built for that. They're not the right characters to do that. They're, they're the characters to close business and schmooze people and, you know, do all of that. That's what you want them doing. So marketing's job has become very much that almost the full cycle into the sales process apart from the closing the business bit mm. um so they have to be the same okay oh, can nice. i bring something else up because i've heard this yeah. myself uh, a while back um what's the average budget that that companies use to spend on marketing do you, do you have some kind of percentage um so to me this was scary right so that's why i'm why i'm asking <laughs> i had no clue how much money companies spent on advertising it is and that's it's a difficult place to start from right if you don't really know marketing it wasn't your job before you've set up a tech business you need to somehow it's like me trying to you know figure out finance and tax and things when i started a business um and you know what i always say to people is it sh it should be between sort of five and twelve percent of your annual revenue or what your annual or what you want your annual revenue to be mm. um So that's a good starting point because it's a sort of, this is what I'm going to invest to achieve X, Y, Z. Um, and actually, usually that's a, a substantial sum that you can do quite a bit with. Um, whether you choose to spend all of that um, is up to you, I think, as, as a business. And, and equally, you don't have to throw it all in at once. You can start gentle. And, and, and if you're a little bit nervous about investing in these things, because it, it can you know be thousands of pounds, you know just just start it's it's the same with like investing in stocks and shares i think you just need to start somewhere right start putting a little bit in see how that grows put a bit more in once you gain confidence you can start to really expand on that and you can see what it's doing um so i, I think some people are just sold and they're straight in i've done it before yeah. i know how it looks i did it at my old company or i saw the investment that we did in our old company and i'm going to do the same in mine for others it's a little bit more it's a bit more of an anxious kind of commitment um i think the bigger the biggest sort of corporate companies are spending sort of 12 percent um there's also this theory of if you're a startup you really should be investing a bit more than that because you're getting off the ground yeah um, no whereas yeah. yeah whereas a bigger brand that's more well known in the marketplace um they will have a, a big proportion of budget for marketing because They'll, they'll have no doubt massive targets, but equally they've already got lots of brand traction. A um, couple of variables there. It depends on the product as well, you know, and how in demand it is or what the competition's like. If the competition's fierce, then perhaps, you know, for example, in as one just micro example of how that can affect the budget, if if you're in the data center space, you know, cost per click on AdWords is, is really expensive for things like co-location London as an example. Mm. Um, so you might need to increase your budget just to account for that so that you're in the game. Mm. Yeah. You, you mentioned uh, um, the example of Madman and that they um, mm. they charge based percentage from a revenue and revenue of the customer, right? Is that, isn't that still yeah. a useful model to, to use? It would be. <laughs> would be. And I wish it, I wish we could still do it that way because actually, you know, agencies used to make a killing on that model, right? Um, but I think in today's times, people don't want to give the full credit to just an agency, depending on what they're working on as well. Um, and it's very difficult to track. Like most people would want to track and attribute their spend to the stuff that that agency had done that directly led to sales. And that's where it gets quite difficult. You have to distinguish um, the efforts. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's that sort of, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that spend attribution. You know, does that really deserve to go with the agency? I think people expect to be able to track that. And that can be, you can do it with leads and digital um, exactly. quite well. Because it mm -hmm. is, it's relatively yeah. measurable, right? Then you can mm -hmm. see how many of those leads convert in the end, and then that could be percentage of uh, yeah the revenue. It it is a model, and you do get some agencies who do um, like commission only lead gen, but 
it's it's quite it's a massive risk for the agency, especially with startups. Obviously, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. obviously. So they can invest a lot of time, and and also if there's third party costs involved, that can be quite expensive well, and that would, from a cash flow. That would also well. say something about the the faith that the agency has in the company and they're working that, in, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So there's, I think there is there is definitely some um, some some instances where that makes sense and and you're almost an investor at that point exactly because you're saying i'm going to give you free marketing i'm expecting a high a really high return at the other end if this comes off essentially we're we're facing the same model and the same question also from customers coming to us instead of us charging let's say a fixed um our fee or a monthly fee yeah yeah we go okay how do we provide what is our skin in the game and that's been yeah. also an interesting discussion for us. Essentially, where you are providing similar services for, towards the success yeah. of the company. So, what, uh, do, what reaction do you get from people though? And because I'm assuming at that point you might say, "Well, we might do it if we have faith in this, but we would expect this high return because we're we're not getting paid up front." Exactly. Do you do you get a good reaction from that? Because we my, we had a we had a that. discussion <laughs> with a client because uh, they initiated this discussion directly. Okay, uh, yeah. we expect this and this return, and I was like, all right, then we want. I don't know, and and we said everything extra that we generate mm-hmm. based on what you what you plan to generate now and bef- after our work, then we get like I don't know thirty percent of it, and it was like, yeah, mm, yeah, I don't know. The yeah, they don't the like it. Fee. No. <laughs> no, they don't like. They they see it as too much of their business, but right. But also, don't seem to recognize that you're putting all the risk in. It's, yeah. I, that's for some reason that offering never sits well when I pitch it to people. They just don't like it. Yeah. Um, on their request as well. Can you do it like you know, yeah. risk free for us at the we- at the front end? And I'm like, yeah, but I want something bigger at the end yeah before <laughs> and then they're like have, oh no 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 we don't have that much time before we wrap it up i wanted to kind yeah, of right. um touch po- touch point on something like yeah. the ethics of marketing um mm. and the, what is mm. what it has become with mm-hmm. uh, usage because you know, it in the past it was all broadcasting media then it turned into one of more marketing was the trend now we see ai big data analysis yeah, yeah personalized what, what is, ads. Yeah, personalized ads. So everything has been like super targeted. So granularly, yeah. uh, information is well, it's a commodity. It's become and it's one of the most valuable uh-huh. possessions, I suppose, that co- corporations have. Yeah. Um, is there room for ethics in there? That's. I think there is, um, and it is a currency. You know, it's data is a, a massive currency now, and I've, I think I've even seen a couple of blockchain types of models that have emerged now where you can kind of exchange your data for crypto and stuff like that. Um, And I think, you know, it's down to marketers to be ethical as much as they can um, because it's the ones that aren't being ethical that ruin it for everyone. That's really the, the point here. Um, Because they, the more, the more people get spammed with stuff they don't want that drives them nuts the more they switch off to the useful marketing, right? The stuff that is actually relevant to them and might be useful. Um, so there's that side of it. So a sort of commitment from all marketeers to not just spam people and and be lazy, really, because it's laziness a lot of the time. Um, and then there's the, the data compliance side of it, um, which is really difficult. You know, GDPR has so many gray areas. Um, there's legitimate interest boxes that you can kind of throw everything into if you want to. Um, <laughs> just depends on how corporate and legal you want to get with it um, and how much risk you pre- you prepared to, to take versus getting lots of good leads. So there's lots to weigh up there. Um, and I, I really think it, it comes down to, especially in B2B, getting more and more account-based marketing. So, you know, finding very, very tightly targeted lists of companies that are very relevant to what you do and aren't going to be totally upset with you reaching out to them to do business or to discuss a deal because business still needs to happen. And people still want to do business. It's just, you've got to go about it in the polite and right channels and the right ways and, and not annoy people. You know, I think it really just comes down to that. And that's, if you start with that, you can build everything around that. I do think there's room for ethics and AI and things like that. Great. But they, all they do is really enhance 
what you can do as a digital marketer right. in person to get more personalized. So it should just make it more relevant. It shouldn't destroy the ethics. It should enhance the ethics, in my opinion. Well, it will enhance whatever is already in there. So if it's ethics, if you maybe, use it it will, for good. maybe it will enhance ethics. And if it's not, yeah. then it will enhance whatever it is that is there. Yeah. It's whether people use it for good or evil, I think. Right, it's a tool. The, um, yeah. 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 So. Okay. So, mm. so, so we're nearing the, uh, the the last minutes. I know you're on a clock today. Um, I know. Sorry, guys. No, no, no. Much yeah, appreciated okay. that you're here. Um, I love this chat, though. It's great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, so, do you have any uh, remaining words or advice for uh, for well uh, companies or people listening to this? Maybe special offers that you can provide. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, come and chat to us because it is complicated. Um, what we what we are doing is helping, especially startups in tech, just make sense of all the marketing tech that they need as well. It's like, you know, that in itself can be quite mm. overwhelming. You know, come and chat to us about that. What do you need if you're looking to do more digital marketing? Um, we definitely have offers for that. Um, free setup and things like that. So come and talk to me and I'll be able to get If you say that, if you quote this, this uh, uh-huh. roasting marshmallows episode, then I'll uh, make sure you get your free, your free setup. I like um, that. Yeah. yeah, why not? <laughs> um, just throwing it out there. There you go. You can have free this, free that. Um, <laughs> um, but but yeah, I think really just um, don't struggle on your own, right? Some people are a bit proud of it and they kind of just forge ahead. But yeah. try and get try and pull in some um, some resources to help out with that. Even if it's a freelancer, there's so many freelancers as well. Um, you know, they're not going to do the full marketing, um, support that we would do, um, or an advanced stage, but if you've just got a bit of budget, you know, try and engage a decent freelancer and they'll, they'll support you with a couple of things as well, just to get you going. Um, I think that's all I would say for now. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, I've learned, uh, I've learned a lot at least about, uh, marketing <laughs> and, uh, you know, startups and all this stuff. I thought it was a yeah, pretty interesting talk. So yeah, I really uh, enjoyed it, guys. Thanks, thanks for yeah. uh, inviting me on um, and listening to me talk for ages. So <laughs> I can go on a bit. You could have interrupted me more for sure. That's okay. <laughs> it was also interesting and informative for us. So uh, yeah. thank you for being uh, for sure. our guest. Yeah, no yeah, problem. Thank you very much. All right. Speak to you soon, guys. All right. Well, uh, yeah. If yeah. you if you need to leave, then uh, leave. I'll do the closing words and then. Uh, yeah, should be okay. <clears throat> yeah. Do you All want right. me to keep it on? <laughs> uh, well, you can hang up and it should upload the uh, should Excellent. upload the stuff. All right, guys. I'll All catch right. you soon. Then speak to you. All later. right. Bye. Bye. All right, and I'll uh, I'll take this opportunity here to thank the listener for uh, for tuning in. Um, yeah. So if you have any questions for uh, for us about marketing or for Ruth about marketing, then uh, feel free to drop us uh, a message on info at uh, or podcast at forcecows.nl. I should say. Uh, reach out on Twitter for uh, twitter.com slash four scouts. And uh, we'll put in the links to uh, Ruth's company for you to check it out. And the promotional code. Don't forget that one. Yeah, Yeah, man. Some discount. Always nice. All right. Thank you guys. And see you next time. Bye-bye.